With the surge in interest rates from low to higher, it's now more complicated to know about buying or renting a home or co-op apartment or condo. So on today's podcast, we will explore the considerations with our guest, who will also give you some tips you can take away and use in your own life. Please stay with us. Money Matters USA with Fred Sage. And you also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams. You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan. Asset allocation is really a driving force for how much your accounts are going to grow. Fred Sade is a financial fiduciary and retirement specialist. I have to put the client's interest ahead of my own pocketbook at, at all times. I must be able to justify why I'm making the recommendations. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Fred Sade. Hello and welcome to Money Matters USA, the weekly podcast with Fred Sade, who is founder and managing director of the fiduciary firm of the same name, Money Matters USA. Fred is a fiduciary and holds a PhD in economics from Duke University. And of course, we talk retirement strategies here with Fred. That is his specialty, his area of expertise. But uh, we're going to veer off just a little bit, Fred, with a special guest on the podcast today, and that is Warren Hershkowitz, who is Chief Marketing Officer and Strategist with Squarefoot Advisors. So, uh, Fred, hey, let's welcome Warren to the podcast. Warren, great to have you on. Oh, it's, it's a pleasure sir. to be here. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, I, I tell you, before we jump into the topic here, Warren, uh, if you could tell us a little bit about you and what you do and about Squarefoot Advisors. Sure. So, Squarefoot Advisors is a, a digital marketing agency specifically for the real estate space. It started out as a business consulting uh, company helping brokerage firms build uh, marketing systems, operation systems, recruiting retention programs, and slowly evolved into into technology. But what that has done for the company and, and through me is given us the ability to look at the industry at a true 360 degree view because we've been involved in consulting and strategy for IT and HR, finance, accounting, sales, operations, marketing. We've we've got this really intense point of view for how the entire brokerage uh, industry works. And so any solution, any kind of suggestion we make, it's not just to fix the one problem. It takes a look at all the other players that, that need to interact with with this particular uh, solution that we're, we're putting in place to really improve the, the adoption and the results. Great. Well, it's going to be a great conversation and a lot to get into as far as what metrics to consider. But speaking of that, uh, Fred, you had mentioned uh, President Eisenhower's decision matrix. What is that? But basically, it's a variation on the Pareto uh, 80-20 principle, and it gets you to focus on what's really important, what you have to focus on right now, what you can look at later, what isn't all that important, and what you can totally ignore. So it's really a way of simplifying uh, matters in, in, in all areas uh, of your life. And one such kind of uh, issue that, um, that you have to make is where will you live? Location matters. 
and uh, it's going to depend. It will help you figure out, um, uh, you know, what you're going to do, what kind of job you're going to have, uh, salary you're going to receive, uh, cost of living. Should you live in a big city? Should you live in a small city? Should you live in a suburb? What are what are all of the considerations that that go into those kinds of uh, decisions. Should you stay in the same town that you are in because you like it? Or maybe you should go to some other part of the country. Who should you work with? What are, what are, what are all of the considerations? Um, the things that, you know, not, not the usual mundane uh, kind of things that you're going to find uh, on a search engine, but the kinds of things that you're only going to get from from somebody who's a real expert and and who you might not uh, otherwise come in contact with. Well, it's a lot to consider. You know, you you said a couple of things there that uh, brought up some questions in my mind for Warren, and one of those is where to live. And in looking at the snapshot and, and where we are now, this snapshot in time and what we're dealing with with interest rates and all of that, what, what are the trends now? Buying, renting, are people uh, moving out of the cities? I know COVID kind of started that exodus a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, COVID had massive exodus impacts on on just about every major metropolitan city. I'm in New York. I'm in in Westchester County, but I, I commute into Manhattan, and the the exit from Manhattan was shocking, um, and it's only now starting to to come back. But it's kind of complicated now with with the rise in interest rates and and the kind of stag- stagnation of the velocity of sales, the inventory is is high and, and sales are not uh, happening as fast as they want. Mm-hmm. But to get back to, to your question, you know, what are we seeing? It's truly a market by market. Um, it's a market by market decision. Um, every market has its own set of metrics, set of inventory, rental and for sale, new construction that's coming on board, which, which you know, changes the, the dynamics of it. Unemployment, you know, all the, the key economic f- metrics that go into a particular city has ultimately an impact on inventory. Um, and one of the things I, I wanted to point out, which is totally apropos for where to live and, and the decision-making process is what Fred brought up with the matrix, right? It's mm-hmm. urgent versus not urgent and important versus not important. And one of the things that is I'd say almost always disregarded is the emotional connection to a residential purchase. Most people, most families, when they buy a home, it is a purely emotional purchase, right? They Mm -hmm. are immediately seeing themselves in the house with their family, pictures and furniture, and what goes by the wayside or most of the time isn't even – defined are the key attributes, the key decision-making points that goes into what eventually is one of the largest, you know, purchases that, that people make. And because they're not prepared mentally to go in, these are the things that I need. I need this kind of school. I need this sort of mortgage payment. I need this sort of, you know, job market. They immediately get swept up in the fantasy and the dream and all of those key metrics that that you should take advantage of or should think 
um, gets dropped. And, and that's a, a pretty important point to consider, especially when location comes into place. If you have your way and can move to anywhere in the country, which is really what COVID introduced to us, yeah, right? Yeah. The ability to just, since we're working from mm-hmm. home, why not be, yeah. you know, on the side of a mountain watching, you know, <laughs> ski and, and, and sunsets right? Right. instead of, instead of, yeah. you know, kind of grinding it out. And that is an amazing change in the work and home purchase or, or live decision, because now you could truly look at key metrics that make sure that the purchase, that the investment, that the return on the investment, that all the other factors that we're going to talk about today matter, as opposed to, you know, I'm in in Westchester, as I said, so the the thought of leaving New York City is, you know, a distant memory. And so I'm stuck in the Manhattan grind where cost of living is probably, you know, one of the highest in, in the country and prices are, you know, one of the highest in the country where a one bedroom apartment for rent will go anywhere between seven to ten thousand dollars wow <laughs> what's a studio <laughs> run set you back <laughs> yeah what's... i mean you know it's oh, three to five thousand dollars you know and and so those sorts of really important decision making factors seem to always get dropped right like yeah. why take on that burden why take on the struggle where you're never mm-hmm. going to get out of you know, the, the pit, the hole that you're digging yourself into for having, you know, ideally, Fred could probably answer this one better. I'd say you want to be 30 to 35% of your income should go to housing, total housing. Manhattan, it's easily 50 to 60%. Wow. Right? You know, when you think about it. Yeah, man. You know, a lot of it, maybe, maybe the snowbirds and the young couples could work out an arrangement that they can get a good deal in the home when the snowbirds go to Florida. Because a lot of that has to do with young parents versus empty nesters versus very soon to be retirees on the decisions they make. Those- Absolutely. I mean, as a, I've got two young girls, nine and 12, so school is the priority. And we picked an area that has an amazing school district, but it comes with a price, right? Taxes, you know, the average property taxes in, in our community is between 40 and $60,000, some going north of $100,000. And so you have to, you know, really evaluate the return on that investment because that's what it is. I'm paying, you know, everyone says it's pri- it's public school, which it is, but you're still paying 40 to $50,000 a year in, in property taxes for the, you know, for the opportunity to go to that school. Yeah. If you opened your search up yeah. nationally and found comparable school districts, right, with of, you know, a, a fraction of the the property taxes or the or the cost of living, you're winning, right? You're getting the, uh, a superior education for a, a discount. And, and you have to get out of your own way from that emotional com- component and think, you know, financially, think logically, which rarely happens on the residential side. Well, that's a challenge because most important decisions are made emotionally and then they're rationalized, <clears throat> excuse me, with, with, with facts. You know, after the fact, after the decision is made, then you get all the rationalizations. On the residential side, yeah, on residential, 100 percent, 
the reason why I love commercial real estate so much is because it is purely number. There is very little emotional connection to it. You have property managers, asset managers, portfolio managers. That's their job. They're just looking at the bottom line, the IRR, the returns on the investment, and they make a decision. Like there's no reason why you can't approach residential real estate in the same way. Um, but, you know, because of the emotional connection, you know, a lot gets lost and sacrificed. Yeah, people, you know, people form an attachment uh, to a particular area. We see we see that with retirees who always talk about relocating and then they don't. And then they just stay put. And they may be in the same town. It may be a different section of the same town. It may be to a different uh, county. But they stay pretty much in in the same in the same place. The Census Bureau, which has uh, very accurate uh, numbers about that, say about eighty five percent of people do not relocate. Now that may that may have changed somewhat with uh, with uh, COVID, uh, but uh, that was a number that that uh, the research uh, showed was was accurate uh, at least pre COVID. I, I don't know what the numbers are. Right now, I don't think anybody has a valid set of numbers, but that's not right. here nor, nor there. But but again, it's, it's you're right. It's this tremendous emotional attachment of tearing yourself away from the neighborhood, and, and that becomes what's what's comfortable, and that's that risk reward. Uh, this is what I know: good, bad, or indifferent. And though I go elsewhere, am I gonna? What am I gonna face over there? And right. will I regret the decision that I? that I made. So I'm, I'll stay put and figure out some other way of making this work. And that's, pre that's pretty much what the decision matrix usually comes down to. Right. But if you were to stick to the, 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 the principles of that, or you're focusing on urgent and important only instead of not urgent and not important, imagine this model. Imagine the model where you say to yourself, you have a family, you're very friendly and, 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 you know, involved in the community and regardless of where you live that's your personality so you'll make friends and you will kind of be you know a, a contributing member to the community wherever that is if you were to take the the financial components of buying a home and make that the priority where every single year or every two to three years when the metrics right are, are trending downward and you move, you are continually in the positive, right? You're continually finding the next market that is outperforming from a real estate standpoint, appreciation, taxes, you know, all the other things that go into, into building the wealth. You're outperforming, um, you know, what the rest of the country is doing. Think about the compounding effect on that, right? If, if you're in a cyclical you know, most markets are cyclical, so it's, appreciation is going to go up and down. It's going to go up slowly. It's going to go down slowly. But if you're constantly trying to find, you know, the 10% appreciation, 5% appreciation, cities and, and states that have favorable mortgage deduction uh, 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 benefits and, and, and tax uh, programs like that, you could in 5, 10, 20 years, accumulate so much wealth that the rest of your life, it's not going to matter. Like you can just then li truly live wherever you want because you've constantly been, you know, doubling down and pressing, you know, the, the, 
the wealth that you've been building as opposed to you build it for a few years and then you give it right back, you know, when you stay in the, in the market because things change, right? Local municipalities want to keep taxes low. So you're gaining value appreciation, but they can only do that for so long and then they have to increase taxes and then you kind of give it all back to the house. Right. And, and that's the ebb and flow of it. And people justify it by thinking, I'm just going to be here for 20 years and that's that. But if you made the economics of it a priority, like you would with a stock, right? Right. You, you buy low, you sell high. Like the that's a theory. A, 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 a home <laughs> is no different. Not only is it no different, it is way more predictable and transparent than the stock market. Yes, right? it I is. Mean, and so you could you could telegraph where the hot markets are going to be by all those key metrics that I said earlier in the call, like inventory and vacancy rates and unemployment rates and interest rates on you know and tax credits and schools and all these things that you could kind of predict that you could be ahead of the curve, right? Like take schools, for example, schools are a lead, are, are a leading indicator for communities, right? The, the great schools people want to move to, yeah. so prices go up. So if you're able to identify what are the markers that determine an up and coming rising school district is, all that information is public. Right. I mean, all the schools public, they're, they're, they're bragging about, you know, all the, the data and, and graduation rates and, and all that sort of stuff. So you can come up with a pretty simple model that shows where the next great school district is going to be or the top five. Not the best already, because that's already matured. The, 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 the school districts that are about to pop and move there because within two years, right, when they're on the lists of top schools, this and top schools, that. That's when people are going to be moving in. And then you're going to see like a 10, 20, 30 percent uh, uh, increase on your your property values. Yeah. Like it, it, it's that it's that, um, you know, uh, imperfect of a market. Right? We'll have a stake in schools, even even when our kids grow away from them and <laughs> still have a stake in the quality of schools in the area where you live. Uh, a lot a lot of great topics here, but I was thinking a quick break and then. Uh, Warren, it's always great when when we hear case studies. It's relatable. Do you have any to share with us after the break? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. We'll take a look at that, too. Our guest uh, on the podcast today is Warren Hertzkowitz, Chief Marketing Officer and Strategist with Squarefoot Advisors. And we'll be back with Warren and Fred Sade uh, coming up on Money Matters USA. Are you losing sleep over market volatility affecting your hard-earned retirement savings? You can't afford to lose a big portion of your nest egg with not enough time to recover. Many people want safety and the guarantee of principle, but also prefer the potential of higher growth with the market. And now you can have both. Call Fred Sade at Money Matters USA at 800-593-8188. That's 800 593 8188. This is Fred Sade of Money Matters USA. I want to wish all of our listeners a healthy, wealthy holiday and the time to enjoy both, not only during the holiday season, but all year long. 
Enjoy your life. There'll be more conversations with Fred coming up in 2023 and looking forward to it. Always uh, always a fresh look at normally retirement strategies. We're, we're a little broader today with our special guest on the podcast, and we'll bring Warren back into the conversation. I did want to mention, check out uh, Fred's website. It's moneymattersusa.net. And as we always say, wherever you are listening, you certainly are free to set up a meeting with Fred to talk about what could be the best retirement strategies for you, 800 800- 593-8188. Again, for Fred Sade, 800-593-8188. Warren Hershkowitz is Chief Marketing Officer and Strategist with Square Foot Advisors and our guest on the podcast today. Warren, I know we're going to get into some case studies here, but um, a great conversation so far. Just wanted to see if you wanted to get any contact Warren information out there first. Yeah, that'll be great. Super simple to reach me, uh, Warren at squarefootadvisors.com. Uh, and and a, a phone number you can reach me at is 917-420-0065. All right. You know, we've had a great conversation in uh, trends now and home buying and how to look at homes as an investment and looking at the metrics based on our current economic situation, all wrapped around home ownership now and looking at home maybe even more as an investment. And a lot of times, though, Warren, and you said you had a couple, when you share some case studies, it can really be relatable. What, what are some you could share with us? Sure. I've got three that that come to mind. I'll start with one of my favorite ones, which is when you're in the, the purchasing side, when you're looking for a home to buy, obviously you want to negotiate every, everything. But one of the things that is, I would say, most underused and underconsidered is coming into an offer as strong as possible, right? Sellers want to bet on the most strongest offer because that has the, the highest probability of closing, right? If, if, they, if they kind of bet on a, a weak offer, it may take 30, 60, 90 days to close, and then maybe it falls through, then they, they kind of have to go back to the drawing board. One of the strongest ways you can come in is to offer um, an all-cash purchase. Now, everyone kind of stops and thinks, like, what do you mean an all-cash purchase? Per- purchase. I have hmm. to come in with, you know, a suitcase full of money and hmm. kind of drop it on the table. But that's that's the that's the misconception that most people don't realize. All cash offer, all that means is that you are foregoing the financing contingency. So when you buy a house, right, there's inspection contingencies and financing contingencies and you know sometimes environmental. These are all things that play into the buyer's favor because it gives you more time to do your due diligence and you have an out. If something doesn't go the way you want, you can kind of call that contingency and and back out of the deal. The less contingencies you have in your offer, the stronger the offer is because basically if you have no contingencies, that seller is going to think that the deal is locked in or at least the deposit that you're putting down is at risk. So when you make an all-cash offer, it doesn't mean that you have to pay all cash. It just means that you are so confident in your ability to get a loan, either because of your you know, wealth and, and, and credit and, and relationship with the bank, or maybe you just went to the bank in advance and got everything you possibly can in pre-approval mode, but, but way more than just you know, uh, let us know when, when, when you've got a home, but like they're really committed to it. You can come in with an all-cash offer. What that means is you're bypassing, you're foregoing the financing contingency. You could buy the house mm-hmm. 
and turn around the next day and finance it, right? Nothing's, you know, mm-hmm. nothing's stopping you from, from ever financing the house. But what an all-cash offer does, it sets you apart from everyone else and removes the financing contingency. So if you have that strong of a credit, if you have that strong of a relationship with the bank, that'll make the difference between uh, either getting the house you want uh, uh, away from many other buyers who may be looking at it, or you can actually come in with a, a, a competitive bid and come in a little lower, right? Because you can close quicker. And and so that, that's a great, uh, often underused kind of tactic for, uh, for buying a home. Hmm. A couple other things that, that also come to mind, and this is more local, um, but also off the radar. Look at the, the planning and zoning boards. Most people don't even know who they are or what they do, but those are important government bodies to pay attention to. And here's why. If you, first of all, it's public, uh, they're public meetings, so you could always request the minutes from, from those meetings. Take the last year or so, and they often meet maybe once a month, take the last year's worth of minutes and read through them. Understand what land use and zoning decisions they're making. Are they going by the law and sticking to you know their their uh, plan that they set out to which which is supposed to protect the integrity of the community and livability of it, or are they kind of rogue where there's all sorts of variances that are being requested? And the difference between that will will be ultimately the impact on the value of your home. If you're in a community where, you know, the, the kind of good old boy network and, and deals are being made and um, variances are being granted for properties that shouldn't be in the community, one day they may be right next door to you. And if you have a property that is too big or not the proper use, maybe it's, you know, kind of a mixed use where it's residential and commercial, that may have a negative impact on your home value. And that's one of the leading indicators to see if that's a, a, a potential risk um, before you buy in that particular neighborhood. So like paying attention to planning and zoning boards and, and their trend on making decisions could could ultimately create a, a, a much higher risk, um, a higher risk situation for your home value. Well, in, in, here in New Jersey, it's it's a real challenge. That that's absolutely necessary because of the affordable housing laws and the determination to put uh, low cost housing in in high cost neighborhoods. And uh, you get the uh, conflict. Uh, but not here in my neighborhood. But uh, there isn't much you can do about it except store it off. So that that is uh, that is a major challenge uh, in this uh, in this state. True, but even that is predictable because most municipalities have a, a quota or a mandate to maintain a certain percentage of affordable housing. So you could request that, and they'll give you those numbers. And if you f- see that the municipality or the town or village that you're interested in is at their quota, there's no need for additional uh, affordable housing projects, then you know that it, it should be fairly stable. Right. The, the, the area yeah. is, you know, has matured with with its development of affordable and market rate products. If it's 
under, you could imagine the pressure that they're going to start to feel. I mean, there's risks of discrimination. There's all sorts of problems that come that can come out of not, you know, meeting the the goals of their affordable housing, which creates that risk, that uncertainty that you want to pay attention yeah. to. Yeah. And, yeah, and similar, yeah, and similar lines with look at the school and fire district taxes, right? These are the most likely the two largest um, areas that uh, collect taxes, right? Besides the the operating municipality, and what percentage of those budgets, because it's all public, um, school and fire, what are the percentages that the town that you're looking in or the village that you're looking in compared to others, right? Where most people, <laughs> yeah. most, most schools, yeah. you know, brag about graduation rates, but that's primarily a measure of the past, right? Like this past year, we had X amount of graduation. You know, the, the graduation rate was this and they went to these colleges. The budgets though, tell you about investments in the future. If you see that the budgets are increasing and they're being passed, right? The community is supporting continually rising budgets. While that may sound, you know, trouble, right? Because taxes are rising. It's actually an investment in the community. It's an investment to make sure that the schools remain competitive. Um, and all of those, that's all public. Like you can request the, the minutes from the Board of Ed, the fire district. You could see from the town or the village, you know, what, what the total tax is collected and, and as a percentage um, compared to other communities. And that, you know, kind of underscores the, the value of, you know, and the investment that the community is making in, in, yeah. the, in, in the area. Well, so much to consider. And again, uh, for our special guest, uh, contact information, Warren Hershkowitz at Warren at SquareFootAdvisors.com. That's Warren at SquareFootAdvisors.com. And he can be reached at 917-420-0065. And, of course, Fred, uh, the website is MoneyMattersUSA.net and 800-593-8188. So much to consider, and as Fred introduces here in retirement planning, but as the chief topic today in home ownership, Warren, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Terrific, terrific stuff. A lot of good information, a lot of good tips for people to walk away with things that they wouldn't normally consider, and, and uh, most real estate agents wouldn't necessarily mention that um, they would just see if you like the house and <laughs> right. use the principle of scarcity. You know, cheer any scarcity is, is really the thing, you know, right. move fast or it'll go out from under you. Yeah. You got bigger, you got a little deeper into it with Warren. Uh, hey, yeah. uh, Fred and Warren, both happy holidays to you both. And we yeah, thank, thank you. you. Uh, for listening to the podcast. We drop this every Friday. Be sure to share to Money Matters USA. Investment advisory services offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. Fred Sade and his guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to 
fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to the securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. By contacting Money Matters USA, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.